So good morning. We are this week's study. The idea of understanding visions, understanding dreams, understanding spiritual experiences that people of God have. And to be ignorant about some of these things causes us to be indifferent as to how God relates to us. For instance, yesterday, John, I referred to Yesterday, I referred to uh, uh, numbers, right? And, uh, and this scripture is a, is a response from God to Miriam and Aaron as they uh, uh, were questioning the leadership of Moses. And in that instance, God responds this way. And he said... Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I the Lord will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream. So yesterday I, 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 I've talked about the idea of understanding dreams, but in order to understand spiritual things, we need to raise the level of our, of our discernment. Now there is, I told about discernment that is very uh, induced by education, such as uh, uh, <clears throat> sharing the faith, uh, studying the scriptures, a master's degree in communication. It's general knowledge. It's general, general uh, information, education, uh, being in the presence of the Lord, through praise and worship, and discerning wrong, bad from good, and being a part of the kingdom. That's wonderful. It's, it's just everybody has a sense of perception uh, and meditation in life. But discernment of spirits has nothing to do with perception. It's a gift of God. And in order to be and to understand and to be able to be in a way to help others is to understand what's happened between you and somebody else. As you come into community, when you lose that perspective, uh, <clears throat> you're not able to relate to anybody. Because, first of all, you, uh, you have no perception. And perception is a, is a, is a lack of perception is a, is a signal of immaturity. That all of us have to cope with it. And so, and so, lack of perception uh, 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 indicates that you're not able to be aware. And so, discernment of spirits is, in fact, a gift of God, has nothing to do with perception. It's nothing you can do to receive it. Only God can bestow that. And that's 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 7, John, that says that uh, God distributes according to his will, for the benefit of all. <clears throat> Notice that the benefit of all should be really paying attention. <clears throat> Never a move of the Holy Spirit is for personal privilege. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so as you get involved in this type of life, you, you really become very taken by who you are in terms of others. 
and, and who you are in terms of what God is doing through you. Because if what God is doing through you is, is, uh, is pushed back or you, you resist it or you simply don't pay attention, the Holy Spirit will find somebody else to do the work. So, studying the gifts, studying discerning of spirits, and then it's necessary to be able to deal with dreams and visions and how God communicates to a prophet a word of God in that sense. Now, is that important? You know, we, we, <clears throat> we write down our vision for the church. You know, our vision for the church. But sometimes God's not a part of it at all. We are here to bring the lost to Jesus, and we're going to stand firm. Well, you know, you die on the vine, and, uh, and everybody's dead in the backyard because the vision that you had was uh, inaccurate, insufficient, and really made up by man. God gave, God gave you a vision of what I was supposed to do, and I tell you, I've been faithful to that vision uh, 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 up to now, uh, religiously. Amen. I've been faithful to that vision all the way. It's a costly vision because I have to remain and be in my place. So, so discerning of spirits is a spiritual operation when God wants to minister to someone <coughs> in need. John 4, 7. There comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. Yes. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Okay. So, as you know, the, the interaction between Jesus and the woman of Samaria, it was proposed and induced by God because the discernment of that woman's needs came before he talked to her. You might say that that is contrary to balance and reason, but if you study scriptures and you begin to be in this area of ministry, you're going to come to this conclusion. Ministry is not something that you initiate. The Holy Spirit initiates, but as He initiates, He discerns the spirits in front of you, bad or good. And then you follow the pattern that uh, needs to be followed, and Jesus followed the pattern. Give me something to drink. Without understanding, without seeing that, and, and negate that type of thing is that you're telling me that your psychological education will solve the problem. So you spend three or four hours with one person that goes back all through the tapes of 40 years past. And the result is you have a headache and lose your hair. So is there a place for the operation of the Holy Spirit in counseling? Oh, my God. This is a counseling session that Jesus had with the woman of Samaria. And it's one of the most powerful expressions of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, discerning of spirits. Now, discerning of spirits, uh, I, I divided into, uh, I think it's one and two and three uh, and, uh, and four and five. And so let's cover this today. Uh, in order to understand that, let's cover that. <clears throat> so the, the, the first thing, John, John 1, 32 and 34, 33 and 34, is discerning of spirits. Discern the holy. Discern the holy. In order to discern the holy, 
you're going to have to understand the holy, not in terms of psychological or what you think is holy. It's what God is doing through you and scripturally based. Holiness is something that you live it, but you don't have to talk about it. Because each one of us have an individual experience. But the discerning of spirits, <clears throat> gift of discerning of spirits, that Paul was referring to, it is a move of the Holy Spirit of God that precedes personal ministry or in involvement with a need in somebody else. So, so let's take a look, John. John 1, 32. Yeah. And John, meaning John the Baptist, bear record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode on him. Now, this is the it's not a perception now that John the Baptist had. He saw something. So, would you, would you agree? Anybody want to say something there? Well, it says he bears record, or, or the other things that he bore uh, witnessed. Yes. So, it's his firsthand account of what he saw. Yeah, and he saw physically with his eyes. Yeah. With his eyes. Yeah. He saw what? A, a, the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. Right. Now, <clears throat> who told him, John the Baptist, that, that the dove symbolized the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Now, he is comparing the spirit as a dove. Meaning the Spirit descended, not ascended, descended on the head of Jesus. And remained on top of the head of Jesus for a while, for everybody to see. So if John saw, everybody saw, right? There was a physical expression. John, Jerry Varnado has a picture. Jerry Varnado is a Methodist pastor in Athens, Georgia. And Bishop Georgia, a race chapel, United Methodist Church. And now and then he mentions to me the picture that I gave him. He took it. And he took it in Brazil, and he sees tons of fire on top of a lot of heads. I mean, actual fire, smoking fire on top of heads. There's a picture. Put the microphone. Yes, you're a witness of that? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I saw it. Uh, one of his sermons, he had that picture up. I had heard about it, and then yeah. he had had it up, and I saw it. So what, what I'm saying to you is that... Uh, the presence of the Holy, the Good Spirit, the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> was visually manifested in John the Baptist, and he saw, which is just an unbelievable experience, isn't it? Would you agree? Uh, now, how about uh, how about uh, Luke twenty four forty nine? John, I'm using John this morning, so y'all can rest a little bit. Luke twenty four forty nine. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from power on from high. high. Notice that, that uh, who said that? Jesus said that. Jesus. So he saw, John the Baptist saw the Spirit descending on Jesus. And Jesus says, until you are endued with power from on high. Notice that power comes from above. Now, if, Jesus, if John the Baptist saw the Spirit descend from above, then power come from above. So it, it's sort of a, 
it's not really a, a symbolistic idea here. It's directional. So, discerning the holy is very important. That's what I'm trying to say. Discerning the holy is very important. Now, you know, when you go to a church and you, uh, you want to know who the pastor is all about, and you shake his hand, and there's a dead fish in it, it's really embarrassing, isn't it? Have you experienced that? As you shake a hand of a pastor and there's nothing there? Uh, <clears throat> discerning the Holy. Discerning the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, go to Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4 again, John. Just, to, just to, one more time to read that because I'm going to another material here that will take another week to do it. And, uh, and we're, we're, we're at a point where we need to move. move you want Acts 2, 1 through 4. Yes. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Okay. Now, meaning that the day of Pentecost was a, it was a event based upon the resurrection of Jesus. Would you agree? Yes. Would you agree? If you have a microphone, would you please uh, say something on it? I agree. Yes, I agree. I agree as well. Okay. So, so, so meaning, it was predicted, it was prophesied, it was spoken of, it was written, that Pentecost would happen. But people have to wait. How many days they wait, waited for Pentecost? Well, it was 50 days after the Passover. Yes. And so, and so, Jesus insisted that they stayed up in Jerusalem. Right? And then what, John? Then there's and, words coming in. Look and, for the word fire and the word wind. Mm. And suddenly they came, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. So a sound came in first. Okay, like a mighty then, rushing wind. And there appeared unto now, was there a wind that blew people away, or the sound of a wind? The sound of a wind. The sound of a wind, okay. Yeah. So it didn't disrupt the physical. And there <clears throat> appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each Did it burn on anybody? Anybody got burned? No. Would you say that that compares with the presence of God coming on Moses in, in the Horeb Desert? Mm-hmm. Yes. Would you, say, would you say that the desert experience of Moses, the fire that consumed the bush and didn't burn the bush, would equal to the same fire that uh, came upon people's heads but didn't torch their hair? Would you say that? Yes. So do you see, do you see a, a comparison? Okay. So, so to discern the presence of God, you have to know that it is a, a physical experience with God that you have in His presence, and yet it's not a type of experience that will, that will harass you, that will torment you, that will bother you. You do get a, a, a couple, two or three years of, a, of a craziness because you don't know what to do next or how to do it. I, I, I've experienced some odd things at the beginning of my ministry that I did, but I, I, I was just following what I knew. And uh, 
And of course, you probably tell me that's crazy. I say, well, listen, I prefer that than what I had, I had before. I prefer the craziness than what I experienced before. Because looking at you today, 40 years ago, I was a dead duck Brazilian implant and ethnic minority. And don't you call me that anymore. God has selected me, empowered me, renewed me, and blessed my life. And if you want to fight, I got to. I'll fight. You got a Glock. Huh? You got a Glock, man. Got a Glock. You're packing. <laughs> Come on, I'm just, just having fun. Just relax. Take it easy now. <laughs> Second, <clears throat> discerning of spirits is to discern angels. This has to be a major priority because there are so many kinds of angels of light and darkness in the world that, my goodness, if you look to the angels of darkness, yeah, there's hundreds and hundreds of them. I mean, they're just horrible creatures. And, and discerning of spirits discerns the good from the bad. And so in order to know what's going on, you have to take a look. By the way, Luke 22, 41 and 43 has something interesting. Uh, John, to read that, Luke 41, Luke 22, 41. And he was withdrawn, meaning Jesus, from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed. A stone's cast, I would say, from 20, 30 feet, would you say? Yeah. 30 feet. And uh, Right? Yeah, and this is Jesus <coughs> in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes. Uh, kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. So if you have a problem with, Je- problem with Jesus, I know Jesus didn't have a problem with angels. Angels are spiritual beings that represent and bring in the presence of, of God and of God there are myriads upon myriads of angels. Which means a hundred million angels in his presence to do his bidding for him. Angels, God is de- departing angels from all over the world. Sometimes when you're driving and you're just not paying attention, there's an angel there to slow you down so you don't hit the car ahead of you. God has an angel parked on every child. God has angels... Uh, around your house. Yes. They are good things. They're good things. They're spiritual beings that send messages, uh, bring messages. You know, uh, Joshua, <clears throat> just before, after crossing the Jordan River, camped out outside of Jericho and stared at the walls of Jericho. My God, they were so tall. They were so big. If you go to Jericho today, there's nothing around except the walls of Jericho, That those tall walls. Just plain, plain uh, 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 palm trees. Even palm trees, just a, just a bare place. So he camped out and went uh, against the wall of uh, the Mount of Temptations and uh, the desert, desert of Judah. You know, it's a very, very dry place. You know, you grab a piece of dirt and it breaks in your hand. You know, it looks solid and then you scratch it. And you touch it, it just crumbles. That is why every time I go over there to eat on that Muslim restaurant stuck on the, on the wall, you know, I get afraid. That's one of the places I don't like to go because I don't know how in the world they stuck 
you know, the cable car to hold anything on that dirt. So they probably, they probably have some engines on the other side holding on like this. They got a hammer drill, and they drilled into the concrete. They got a hammer drill. That's exactly what they got. Got a hammer drill and reel right through it. Uh, Matt knows about the hammer drill today. <coughs> what I was talking about, I lost my door. And as Joshua walked uh, in the dark and waited upon God, an angel appeared. Big old ten feet tall angel with a drawn sword. And what is the word? I am, I am, I am, huh? I am Gabriel. He said, I am the captain of the host of the Lord. And he said, remove your sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. Okay, so, so, and honestly, what really, really happened is that the angel simply comforted, strengthened uh, Joshua on how to, how to stand firm in what God would deliver. Now, did he deliver what God has said he would deliver? It doesn't say. But in the morning, he, he told uh, Israel to, to go around the wall seven times. And the wall came, and the wall came tumbling down. And so, and so what an angel has to do uh, is to build you up and to strengthen you and to make sure that you don't, uh, you don't uh, uh, be afraid of him and know that God is your deliverer. So... Every spiritual revelation of the Holy Spirit is to assist, correct, edify, comfort those who seek God. And it might be through an angel. Amen. Paul saw an angel in, in, in Acts 27, 22, John. Paul saw an angel. Now, I'm not saying that somehow you're not a Christian if you don't have an angel or see an angel. I'm not saying that you're looking for angels. What I'm saying is that you stay time in the presence of God. As you bring to Him your needs and concerns, be aware that an angel might be revealed to you. The awareness of allowing God to show you His presence should be something you exercise daily. You know, a lady in the Bible study in Atlanta last night said, Rick, sometimes I sit in my, in my kitchen or looking at the sky and I, and I feel this, uh, this presence coming in. And I receive that presence of the Lord in my life. And I say, come Holy Spirit, be a part of me. Put your head like this. Put your hands like this and, uh, and uncross your legs. And they say, come Holy Spirit. Come, come. Say, do it. Do it. Say, come Holy Spirit. Say, come. Be a part of me. Minister to me, God. Minister to your presence to me, Lord. I'm tired and worn out. So come, Holy Spirit of God. Move upon my life. Hallelujah. Now, that, that, they probably, probably say to you, oh, that's silly. Well, it's silly with you drinking a beer and staring at the sky and getting drunk on Saturday night. That's what silly is. Nothing wrong with uh, asking the presence of God to come over your life. There's a woman that sings a song called The Goodness of God. And, uh, and uh, 
All my life you have been faithful. And she just to blow in the presence of God. And just to, now and then she just. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I see, I, I get, when I, when I ask the presence of God to come over me, I mean, it just comes all over my body. I can feel it right now. I can sense his presence. Okay? I sense his, his presence. It's just so good. So, so is there something wrong with that? That's what you're supposed to do if you're a Christian. Ask the presence of God to come over you. So those of you who are watching all over the world, just, just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come in the name of Jesus. Come and minister to me. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Verbally say it. Say come. Now, now, now look. 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 Say come Holy Spirit. Yeah. Don't be bashful. Come Holy Spirit. Now. Now, do you feel it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it in my body. I feel it right now. Could there be angels present? Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope there will be a five, four or five of them around here, you know, talking to me and, uh, and, uh, and uh, help me sing these songs. You know, I'm, I'm cracking my voice to sing and to do praise and worship, and that takes a lot of crackling, okay? So, 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 Paul, take a look, John, in Acts twenty-seven, twenty-two. For now, I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given you all them who sail oh, with you. They're dumping cargo all over the place, all night long. Everything that that wasn't attached to the boat went down, and they were claiming for life. They're about to die. There was a shipwreck in the Isle of Malta, which is outside of Italy. I mean, this was a serious event, life-threatening, seriously. In the middle of the night, God sends an angel and says, "Paul, don't fear nothing, because." I have called you to present yourself to the kings and, 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 and the people in charge in Rome, and uh, you're not going to die. So just tell everybody, just hold on. This is going to be okay. Oh, what a wonderful thing. I hope that would come to me just before I have to pay taxes on the 15th of April. You, you are going to be able to pay. Don't you worry about you are going to have an apartment. You are going to have the money to go to school. You are going to find a beautiful girlfriend in Tennessee. You are going to have money. In, in to be, well, don't you want an angel to bring some good news like that? Okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> discernment of, of the human spirit, human soul, is the, the third area. And, uh, and uh, next week I'll begin discernment of evil. Because uh, the sermon of evil uh, uh, takes a whole week to deal with it. And I want to share with you on how you can understand evil, its perceptions, its misguiding expressions, and be able to overcome uh, uh, Satan in terms of spiritual discernment. But let's close with uh, discernment of the human soul, human spirit. John one forty five forty nine. Philip found Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom the Moses of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Okay. This example is just one of many. 
and, and John, uh, I can finish that. It's happening, the ministry, the gospel according to John, the, the evangelist John. Jesus is looking for disciples, forming the twelve disciples. And Philip, which was a, a evangelist, a prophet, an evangelist of the Lord, lived in Caesarea, had four daughters. Met Nathaniel and said to him, I, I, I tell you, I met the guy from Galilee. And I tell you this, he is a blessing. I want you to meet him. And he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Nazareth, nothing. And, uh, and he said, well, come and see. Now, what did he say to him? Come, take a physical look of what you're going to see, and you tell me. So as he approaches Jesus, okay, Jesus see him first. And says, you are a Israelite in whom there is no guile. Meaning, you are a person that uh, has no deceit. And of course, Nathaniel knew that he, he didn't mess around. He said what he said, did what he did. And, and, and didn't play games. It impressed him abundantly. So the point here is this. Is that. Jesus was able. To see. A human trade. A personality trade. In front of you. So discerning of spirits. Not only discerns the holy. Not only discerns. Angels, but also discerns the human soul. In Acts 14.8, Paul discerns the faith of a man. It's interesting. He was able to actually see the content of faith this man had. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his oh. mother's womb. Oh. Who never had walked, yeah. the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, yes. said with a loud voice, Stand up right on your feet. And he perceived and that he had faith and walked. Yep. Safe. Who, uh, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Okay, let's take a look in Acts 14. Go over there, Acts 14. Let's take a look. I, I heard something. Acts 14. Real quick, and we're about to finish. In two or three minutes, you'll be gone. Acts 14. Okay? In <laughs> uh, verse 8. Okay? And there were aware, made aware of it, and fled unto Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and unto the regions that lies around about. Uh, they weren't afraid, but, but these were the instructions of the Lord. And there in Lystra and Derby, they preached the gospel. There was a certain man in Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. In the same help heard Paul speak. It seems that Paul was preaching in the town square. And steadfastly be, beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. So Paul presents being drawn to this man by the Holy Spirit. Because the man apparently believed what he heard Paul saying about Jesus. Evidently, Paul referred to Christ in his message, not only as the Savior, but also as the healer. Now, I'm reading the notes 
of this very interesting Bible, which is the, uh, the, uh, the Expositor's Bible. If you don't have one, you should get one. The notes are, uh, are the best in the world. Said with a loud voice, stand up on your feet. Paul spoke loudly, stand up on your feet. This was in no doubt in front of a great crowd. And he leaped and walked, proclaiming him being healed immediately. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lift up their voices, saying in the speech of Laconia, The gods are coming down to us in the likeness of a man. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Uh, What is verse 14, right, John? We, and, and of course, uh, and when, they, when they called Jupiter, and, and the priest of, and then the priest of Jupiter, who was before their city, brought an oxen and garlands unto the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people, uh, uh, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard, probably means that the people were speaking their native language, so the apostles at first did not know what was happening. They rent their clothing, running among the, the people, crying out and saying, saying, Sirs, why you do these things? We are all men like, like men of like passion with you, uh, uh, and preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which makes made the heaven and earth and the sea and all the things therein. So, uh, uh, where is the verse, John, that talks about he had faith? Verse yeah, verse nine. Verse nine. Perceiving that he had faith to be healed. So Paul saw in this man uh, faith that if he called this man to jump up, the man would, and, and he healed completely. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll be, be with you on Monday. Amen? Monday at 9 o'clock. Easter Standard Time, Monday, 9 o'clock. We'll continue. Next week, we're going to deal with all kinds of uh, the, the evil, de- discerning evil.